This is the Seattle Mama Doc Podcast, and I'm Dr. Wendy Sue Swanson. We all work so hard to perfect how we pull off parenthood, and often we may not feel we're doing it well enough. Parenting is a high stakes job, but I'm here to help you face these challenges head on. I'm here with Dr. Maida Chen. She's a good friend. She's a pediatric pulmonologist, and she's a sleep expert. She directs and runs the sleep center at Seattle Children's, and she is a mom to three. So she's learned a lot about a household of sleepers and household of non-sleepers, and I will be honest here with the public made it that I do believe I have received emails from you at like one in the morning. I know you're not supposed to advertise that. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying that like here we are like I would like to say that we were you were saying to me something about like maybe I'm not sleeping enough and I, I would like to say look right now I'm a very good sleeper but that's because my kids are seven and nine. When my kids were babies and toddlers and mass chaos was constantly ensuing I was not a good sleeper. I think it's challenging for working moms and even non-working moms, but in this society where we're all expected to be connected 24-7, it's really hard to prioritize sleep. Yeah, I mean, I think the reason I'm sleeping more now in my life is not just that my my kids are, sleeping, of course, sleeping through the night now, but it's really that they don't need me as much as they did when they were little so that during the day I get the other stuff done. Like I can get the groceries put away. I can like respond to all the emails and be the last person on the Evite for every party that they get invited to. And like the mass chaos, right? I can deal with that a little bit more so that by the end of the night when they're in bed, then there's a little down, like rewind out and then I can kind of like, you know, plug out. But I think there's that. For me, I think it's been really important for me to realize just in my own health and trying to model good health for my children and my patients that I'm just better when I sleep. Yeah, I always say like, we're just like nicer people when we sleep. We are, we're nicer, we're smarter, we're safer, we're saner. There's all sorts of things that we're better at when we're good sleepers. And it's something that over time I've realized that the need to respond to that email yeah. Even if it's you yeah. at one o'clock in the morning is honestly not as important yeah. as me getting a healthy night's sleep. Yeah. And I, well, I think we forget it too, that once we have our kids, we're so devotional to their sleep that we then become less committed to our own. Exactly. Because we would do anything to sacrifice our own sleep in yep. order to protect theirs. And hence the laundry, the emails, the cooking, the cleaning all happen after the kids go to bed. Go to bed. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. I want to talk a couple of things. Ariana Huffington has a new book out, which um, you're quoted in but you also read. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, she's been on this great mission for kind of the workforce having great sleep, which includes working parents. Um, t- tell me what you think's of value in there or you know, what's the big message that Ariana's getting out that you really agree with? So I think the book does a great job, and I'm not a formal book reviewer or anything like that, but the book really does a great <laughs> job. Okay. Of, of You're a normal person. Yeah, <laughs> of, of just selling this concept of sleep as being just one of these really core things in life that makes everything better and everything healthier. And for those who don't know Ariana Huffington's story about um, her journey to sleep as being a really important part of her life is that she was so tired, overworked, fatigued, and sleep deprived that she had a terrible accident where she fell down and broke her cheek and just doesn't even remember it happening and waking up in a pool of blood because she was so very exhausted. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are things about the book that from a scientific standpoint are a little, I don't want to say less accurate, but not as well explained as they might be if you were to go to see a sleep physician or something like that. But big take-home messages are that parents need to prioritize their sleeps just as much as their children's sleep. I think there are elements of the book, though, that are challenging for parents who may not have as many resources as Ariana Huffington. Yeah, I loved we were talking about this of like, you know, you're working three jobs and, and you have 
four kids, your priorities are going to pay the mortgage or pay the rent and get the food and get to the job on time. So you keep it. And sometimes that's going to deprive you of a perfect eight to nine hours of sleep. It is. And I also think, though, it is a vicious cycle where that person who is working that many jobs and can't sleep is mm-hmm. always going to be tired enough and functioning at a suboptimal level. They're never they, going to accelerate. Exactly. Yeah. They may not accelerate. And that's really the part that is so very sad to me, that we live in this culture where sleep is just not prioritized for any level of work. Well, as care. you know, I mean, I think for so long we've glamorized that people don't need sleep. Like, I, I mean, you know, quintessential, I remember the Bill Clinton was like, you know, when he was president, like we, we heard everywhere, right, that, um, you know, he was sleeping four hours a night or um, like even the NFL campaign, right, right. from last year that was kind of like no need for sleep, right? Or so, so I think, you know, we still have this illusion that somehow you can be kind of an enormous character, contributor, athlete, student, parent, businesswoman um, on little sleep, and it makes you kind of kind of Herculean. Right. And I think it's really important for people to know that adults really need seven to eight hours of sleep. And the difference between one adult versus another adult is their ability to deal with that sleep deprivation, but nobody functions as well when they're sleeping. Yeah, some of us can just fake it better than others. Well, right? yeah, that's basically what it comes down to. I mean, and we train physicians, right? When we were back right. in training and we would do 30-hour shifts, I mean, we, we were doing some of our most important work 28 hours into our shift, so we trained ourselves to kind of deal with the fatigue and mute it. And you it. also think that certain careers will self-select for people who are a little bit better at compensating yeah. for that sleep loss, but certainly it's not helpful. Well, we know that from a standpoint of kind of the dangers of driving and falling asleep while driving, things like that. So one other study I want to hear your comments about is a study published recently in pediatrics that really evaluated those parents who go to work and talk so much about their kids and how bad of sleepers they are. The study design was pretty cool. They took, now this was done outside of the United States in Finland, but they took parents to younger kids and they strapped on little actographs. So explain what an actograph is. An actograph is something that measures motion with time. It's basically a very fancy Fitbit, but it assumes that if you're moving that you're awake and if that you're not moving that you must be asleep. So they put these on these kids and then they interviewed parents and they, they the parents took these different scales about how they slept, what their moods were, how old they were, how much they worked, all these things that could confound or confuse the data. And what they found is that then when they asked parents like how did your kid sleep last night? They could compare what the parent reported with actually what the kid did because of the actograph data. And what they found was this. The parents who didn't sleep well reported their kids didn't sleep well. The parents who did sleep well didn't overreport any problems. So one of the wonderful things that came out of that study was like, you know, if you are a parent to a kid who doesn't sleep well, when you're redesigning and getting help from a pediatrician or family doc or a sleep expert, you can't only think about engineering your kid's sleep. You have to engineer the whole house's sleep to really kind of accurately kind of revolve back into a good habit. Absolutely. So sleep problems in children tend to be reflections of just more family-level dysfunction. Um, ouch! Yeah. That is well, like, ouch, it's so damning. Like <laughs> It is, but it's true. It's so hard, yeah. It's really true. I mean, yeah. so kids who lack a bedtime routine or lacks that sort of predictability that comes with a stable environment oftentimes are not afforded that stable environment or they have parents who simply aren't prioritizing sleep for anybody in the household yeah Um, that's the part about too that the data on just consistent bedtime is one of the most important things exactly exactly just don't they're inattentive and kind of impulsive the next day if not right and i think really but this study is not 
it wasn't surprising to me in terms of results in the sense that we've known for a long time that people who are sleep deprived really are, they have poor judgment. They have poor judgment in terms of how far it is to that stoplight. They have poor judgment on what their kids are doing. They have poor judgment on how they should react to um, a bad situation or a challenging situation. And so it's no surprise to me that parents who are sleep deprived have poor judgment when it comes to their own children's sleep. Yeah, and we talked a little, some of the quotes from the study I, I really liked. I mean, they kind of said, you know, people who sleep poorly overestimate their children's sleep problems, but they also talk about the data about when we're exhausted, we tend to kind of focus on the negative. So even if we think back to the day before or we think about our life or we think about outlook, if we haven't slept, we tend to really have a very negative outlook and there's data that supports that. So, I mean, it's the old adage of like what all of our mothers say, of like, just go to bed, it'll feel better in the morning. Oh, absolutely. I think when we're sleep deprived, we live in a chronic state of stress. Like, and dysthymia, like that and the world exactly. is kind of darker than it is. And stressed people just, it's harder to find the joy in things when you're constantly stressed about things that frankly, you shouldn't be stressed about. If you had just gotten sleep, gotten you'd be sleep. able to put it in perspective. Yeah, it's like self-regulation. Like we just have such better regulation, exactly. right, when we've rested. Exactly, exactly. And Adults and children manifest that dysregulation differently. You know, kids have the ability to some extent to act out more, to be more impulsive and things like that when they're dysregulated. And adults, we get in trouble for that kind of stuff at much higher <laughs> stakes. And most of us know yeah. we can't do those sorts yeah. of things. Yeah. Yet we risk it every day by drowsy driving and things like that. Yeah. Well, I think the big takeaway here is that if you're having a challenge in your home with a baby or a toddler or a child or a teen with sleep, not only optimizing consistency for them, but really optimizing and starting to think about your own sleep or your partner's sleep or your older child or the mother-in-law or whoever else is in the house, really thinking about how can you kind of revolutionize how you value it, how you turn screens off, how you plug you know, cell phones in the kitchen, not next to the bed. And you know, I think it's going to be a long time for us to kind to deconstruct the myth that the super mom or the super dad is the one who does it all, is highly successful, and only and does it all in four hours of sleep. Right. That that super mom or super dad, it, something's going to catch up with that parent sooner or later. Yeah, and we just so we so so worry that it could be something as dangerous as a drowsy driving event. I think the the kind of more insidious and more common side effect is chronically deprived or inconsistent sleepers in these kids who aren't getting kind of the great modeling, but aren't even getting the great environment. So I think we can all do a better job of this. <laughs> it doesn't matter where we are in the spectrum. Um, you know, I think it took me a long time to start valuing my sleep again, and it just came kind of from chronic kind of sleep fatigue. But Well, and I think another take-home message is that we're all, frankly, better parents. And that's ultimately what we want for our children yeah. is to be the best parents we can be. And a lot of that stems from just the very basics of good sleep. I know. So here it is. If you're having a terrible week, terrible day, terrible month, terrible year, tonight and tomorrow night, just give yourself the gift of eight hours of sleep and see how the world looks. Absolutely. <laughs> Good. Um, thanks for joining Seattle Mama Doc podcast talking about sleep today. The reality is parenting is a high stakes job, but the good news is you've got this. Thanks for listening. The Seattle Mama Doc podcast episodes air every single week. I'm always interested in hearing what you have to say, what was helpful and what you want to learn more about. Reach out to me on Twitter at Seattle Mama Doc on my Facebook, Seattle Mama Doc, or at seattlemamadoc.com. Tell me what you want to learn. Tell me if you want to join me and point me to experts you'd love to learn more from. 